At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. On a Monday evening, live from the Circus Sportsbook, the Hall of Famer is back. No, he didn't get inducted into Canton, but uh, a Hall of Fame nonetheless. Didn't get a jacket down there, but it's great to have my partner in crime, Sean King, back. It's felt like months. You were doing the morning show, then you went on vacation. I had vacation, and it feels good. The team is back. We're inching closer to the start of football season. You could smell it. Yes. Your notebooks is uh, is is getting filling up, filling up with uh, filling up with different things. So good to have you back. And you know, I was. Uh, it was such a cool moment on this show when your old coach, Coach Bowden, called in to let you know you were being inducted into the Greater New Orleans uh, Hall of Fame down there at the sh- at the uh, at the uh, Superdome. The event happened two weekends ago. Mm-hmm. How was it? It was tremendous. Um, it's actually the first time that my wife, Faith, and my four beautiful kids, Ashton, Lil Sean, Adar, and Aja, have ever gotten to see their dad you know, <laughs> involved with something that he did for the majority of his life. Because, of course, I got married after I had retired, and we had subsequently the kids after I had stopped playing. So it was a really neat experience. Uh, Hats off to Tulane. We showed up on Saturday morning, and they had the film crew, and they really laid out the red carpet and, and really, you know, made my family feel awesome and welcome. And then the Sugar Bowl, you know, inducted me into the New Orleans Hall of Fame. Tremendous event, uh, spectacular time. Uh, I think we have some new listeners and viewers for the nightcap. <laughs> I was uh, my normal comical self, so um, a lot of people were interested in where they could catch myself and Tim Murray. And so, uh, again, what wonderful experience. I uh, hadn't been to New Orleans in a while, so getting to go to Drago's and get some of the charbroiled oysters, I mean, it, it was a great time. Just wish I could have stayed a couple extra days, you know, but but it was a tremendous time. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the video that Tulane put out uh, was was really great. You know, Willie Fritz and, and others taking you around. And I, the, the moment that stood out to me, I think it was your, your, uh, your youngest son, uh, little Sean saying, "Hey, Sean King." It was a big, you know, mural of you in the uh, in the facility. So really, really neat. Uh, well done, and uh, 
Yeah, congratulations. Obviously, well overdue. Seeing everything come out on social media was uh, was phenomenal. But yeah, getting back on campus had to have been uh, really cool to get to show your family, you know, where you didn't win CUSA Player of the Year your senior year. I don't know why. Yeah, I still don't want to find those guys. Uh, that was a travesty. But twelve and zero, and uh, no, it actually was my aside. first time on campus because the campus is completely different. Really? Oh yeah, like where the kids eat, like they have like these coffee <laughs> restaurants. I mean, the freshmen stay where the seniors used to stay when I played. <laughs> so I mean, that's how much they've upgraded. So you know, shout out University of Tulane. Uh, I also need to put something else to bed because me and Tim have had this dialogue about my basketball statistics. I've told him I played both sports while at Tulane University. And unbeknownst to me, uh, unsolicited by me, there's someone that's into memorabilia and they just so happened to post one of the, I'm going to say rare, I think they said strangest pieces of memorabilia they have, is Sean King's sophomore Tulane University basketball jersey. How they got that, I have no idea. I would like it if that person is watching the show. I mean, it'd be a tremendous you know, you know, piece for me to have. But it also puts to bed this notion that Tim Murray has kind of kept alive that he could not find any Still can't find existence Still can't find of it. me playing basketball at Tulane. Never so. on a roster, never entered a game. Uh, I mean, this might – who's to say this wasn't some, you know, Tulane super fan? I don't, I don't doubt that you Possibly. were a mega superstar. You were a mega superstar, just got inducted into the, you know, Greater New Orleans Hall of Fame. You're a legend for your football prowess. Who's to say this gentleman or lady is a super fan and said, you know what? I'm going to create a customized Tulane basketball jersey with King of it. I don't know. I don't have any documentation of you actually playing on the Tulane basketball team. And maybe, just maybe, this was me trying to get under your skin a little bit because you, you kind of knocked me for, I, for my collegiate basketball career, so, which was not to the level of you playing football in the NFL. I have never knocked you for your career. I've always complimented You've, you. You Are you kidding me? Excellent screen setter, wonderful sideline, intramurals. Energy you guy. Said, you, know, you said JV high school basketball. But that was high school. You, blew, you blossomed late. I'm just saying. You can't, yeah, here's what we're going to do. You can't dish it out here's what we're gonna you do. can't receive it. I, I definitely can, can dish it out. <laughs> I know so you. I can I receive know. it as well. <laughs> I know. Here's what we got to do. We got to get Perry Clark. So, Aaron, here's your assignment. I need you to find a number of Perry Clark, who was the head men's two-lane basketball coach at the time, and we have to get him on the show as a guest. <laughs> fair enough. Because <laughs> there's other things going on that we got to get into. No, I've missed you. There's plenty of Our it. Our banter is something that I have missed Greatly, I've gotten a lot of DMs from people, you know, asking when we were both getting back from vacation and we're back. And just as before we left, the NFL has had no shortage of headlines. Yes. Lots to, <laughs> lots to get to since you've been gone. Uh, Deshaun Watson's uh, situation, we got the suspension. Then we have the appeal from the NFL, so we obviously have to get to that. Uh, there have been, let's just say, not glowing remarks for the quarterback of your Washington Commanders. Uh, Juan Soto has been traded to the Padres. And let's the Padres go Padres. Subsequently have dropped basically every game since he's been traded there. Uh, they are back on the field. Uh, look, I'm a big Padre fan too. We were talking, Adam Burke and I, Adam was filling in for you early last week, and we said, we think it's going to be the Padres. Mm -hmm. Now, I know you were on it earlier. Well done by you. 
But on the morning of the trade deadline, it was still 22 to 1 for the Padres to win the World Series. So I went ahead and grabbed that, grabbed a little to win the NL. So you and I, we're simpatico. We're on the same team. We now. are. I actually, um, I, I, I was on Follow the Money with Stormy, yep. and we were talking about the home run derby. And I had given out Juan Soto as my selection. I think we got, I forget the exact, I think it was like plus 700 or something crazy. We got it circled that morning. I know it closed much longer than, lower than that. Oh, but you I, mean like the Juan Soto that I gave out on the show and you laughed at me? Yeah. Yeah, that one. So but you, you I said that to say this. <laughs> I also said get on the Padres now because my reasoning at the time was Fernando Tatis is eventually going to return, and we had heard rumblings that they were one of the few teams that, first of all, had the capacity to pay Juan Soto, but also the ammunition to give Washington back something of enough value they were willing to make the move. Now, I would have put even more on the Padres to win the NL and the World Series if I'd known Josh Bell was coming and Drury was getting traded for and they were trading for Josh Hader from from Milwaukee. So I would have gone even harder. But getting them, I got them, I think, at 22 to 1, which I think you said, Tim, is the same number that you have the Padres on. So, I mean, I just think we got to – Great opportunity to get a team that we had heard some information about. And you're always taking a chance because Soto could have very easily been traded to, you know, one of three or four other teams. But we knew the number was going to drop significantly. It's down to 13 to 1 now at DraftKings. So having it at 22 to 1 makes you feel, you know, a little bit better, you know, about the bet. You feel like you're doing things the right way. Well, right now, uh, the Padres got to figure some things out because they had a horrible weekend. And at this point in time, they're clinging to that final wild card. It'll be fine. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I'm happy where I where I stand right now uh, with the Padres. We're, we're together on this one, so we'll be cheering home the Padres uh, at 22-1. to 1. So uh, we got that. College football is less than three weeks away from that week zero appetizer, whatever you want to call it, you know, whether it be your favorite appetizer. Was it cheese curds, buffalo wings? I don't know, but it's something we get in less than three weeks. Preseason football is uh, is just underway, so – um, Starts Thursday, right? Uh, well, we had the Hall of Fame game last week. That didn't count. And then I actually bet it. <laughs> I was on the Raiders. <laughs> Cash and tickets, baby. I'm just saying. I hope Jacksonville starters are better than their backups because they look bad. They did not look very good. Um, and we'll, we'll lot, lots to uh, lots to still play out. Uh, we'll get into the preseason games, but um, you were down in Tampa too. Yeah, I went over to one buck. Yeah? Yeah. How are they looking? I'm not going to tell you. Although, I'll say this. What? I forgot what kind of show we're on. I'm sorry. I thought you were like somebody trying to get information because my mind was somewhere else at the time. My mind was on the fact that I'm I'm surprised that in these scrimmages that they're allowing so much film to get out. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can tell you right now probably seven ways that Miami's trying to utilize Tariq Hill just based on video that's gotten out from their practices. But I'll say this, Tampa's dealing with some injuries. Mike Evans got a hammy, and they got a couple other guys on the sideline. They lost uh, their center, Ryan Jensen, looks like, for the year to a knee injury. So, you know, a team that I thought already couldn't afford many injuries is starting to have them pile up already. Chris Godwin looks like he's ahead of the curve. He's back, you know, doing a lot of things, you know, at full speed, if not almost full speed. Early returns, reviews on Julio Jones have been good, so – I mean, some good things on a Brady missed a couple days. 
Uh, they never really said for what, but uh, they said it was just personal days. So, you know, Tampa's got some older guys. You expect them to get some days off. But, you know, the Ryan Jensen thing really hurts because they lost Alex Kappa yep. to the Bengals, who we're going to talk about later in the show. But they also lost Ali Marpet to retirement. So now that's the entire interior from your Super Bowl winning team two years ago that won't be available for Tom Brady. Final piece of news since you're back. Um, the Reds lost tonight. Um, yeah, I can put that to bed. Yeah, you put. You said August 11th, yeah. the Reds would be within five games of the Brewers. I have my cigar bets here, so that I, can, is, uh, I can check you. That is mathematically impossible, sir. They are 16 games back of the Brew Crew. Check, please. Good to have you back. Sean King is in the house. Got a lot to get to, a lot to unpack. It is the nightcap. Come on back right here on PC. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. Welcome back in. This segment of the Nightcap is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that have helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. Zen understands there isn't one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is a little different. Everyone's on their own journey. But whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step toward change, Zen will be there for you. Check out Zen Nicotine Pouches at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Alongside Hall of Famer Sean King. You like that, don't you? How many Hall of Fames do you know? Do you know? Uh, three. Not bad. Yeah. So Gibbs High School, okay. Tulane, and now, and now New Orleans. Nice. What does it take? I, I don't know the parameters. Do you know what it takes to get into the College Football Hall of Fame? So you have to have made an All-American team. You did that, right? No. What? So back in the mid to late 90s, I, I bet if you go from 90 to 99, yeah. off the top of my head, I want to say that far as skill position guys go, and I'd have to look this up, I think only Marshall Falk and LaDainian Tomlinson. Non-Tower and, 5 guys? Yeah, and LaDainian might be after 99. 
Because yeah, he's he younger than he me. Was around yeah. The, yeah, early 2000s. Yeah, so I think in the 90s, Falk might be the only one. Wow. I mean, it's impossible to make an All-American team. Who was the running back at Miami in the, like, the Miami of Ohio? Prentice? Travis Prentice? Is that the same name? Uh, I don't know. But yeah, that would have been after me. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Because, you know, the year I played quarterback, I mean, you had... Well, Ricky Williams won the high. I think... Uh, McNown? I think Bishop. I think Michael yeah. Bishop... Yeah, Couch, McNown, and Bishop. I think Donovan McNabb didn't even make an All-American team. Man, that's tough. Me, Achilles Smith, Dante Culpepper, Aaron Brooks. Our class was loaded with dudes. I mean, that's probably a billion dollars. If we were just coming through now, that's a billion dollars worth of quarterbacks. (laughs) (laughs) For real. The way they're paying now. Imagine, I could only imagine... Jeez. The NIL deal you would have got headed oh into your senior year. Oh, my goodness, man. <laughs> I checked with compliance when I was at Tulane just to see if there was any possibility that maybe I had a, a game or two of eligibility left. Man. Oh, man. Well, no, it's, it's great to have you back, and, uh, you know, it was awesome to see you. By the way, I did see uh, around the same time you were back at Tulane, I saw that Dante Culpepper made a visit uh, back to UCF. So I guess it's ma- people making the rounds. The old. Huh? The old OGs uh, making the rounds to uh, to their former stomping grounds, but uh, a lot going on uh, in uh, in the NFL and the Cleveland Browns certainly are a team that hasn't been great these past couple of weeks. Uh, obviously, the Deshaun Watson news is is still lurking out there. Uh, the NFLPA has accepted the six game suspension, so no matter, from my understanding, Sean, no matter what happens with the appeal, he's out the first six games. Then it could get into the legality and all of that. But now Kareem Hunt has requested a trade, and the Browns said, eh, no thanks. So you, prior to all of the – when the trade first went down for Deshaun Watson, you were very high on the Browns, understandably so. Where are you right now on this Browns team? Is it a wait and see? Are you fading them? What, what's your mindset on the Browns at this point in time? Because they have so here's the thing we talked about it last week when when the news came out. I mean, you look at the schedule with Jacoby Brissett as the quarterback, Sean. Mm-hmm. They are a favorite in five of their six games. They have the easiest schedule in the NFL through Week Six. They are only playing one team who has an over under north of eight and a half, so they are projected to be a winning team, and that's the Chargers, and they're a slight fa- a dog against the Chargers. They're two road games. They're I guess they're now a slight underdog to the Panthers, and then they get the Falcons, who both you and I think will be the worst team in the NFL this year. So if the six game sticks, it's certainly manageable, but the biggest question is, will those six games stick? And if the NFL has their way, that certainly won't be the case. So... <clears throat> The only thing that bothers me is is the Deshaun Watson, the length of suspension. Just because I'm unsure of which Jacoby Brissett I'm going to get. Right. So in, if I get the one that filled in for Andrew Luck yeah. in Indianapolis, Cleveland probably be above 500 when Deshaun Watson gets back. If I get the Jacoby Brissett that came in for Tua last year in Miami, then they're probably going to be below 500. I'm not worried about Kareem Hunt because Kareem Hunt's issues are a depth chart thing. They have Dearness Johnson returning, who everyone saw how talented he is. He's your guy. They drafted Jerome Ford from Cincinnati. Another one of your guys. Right, who's younger, fresher, faster. And then, of course, you have Nick Chubb, who's probably the best running back in the game of football. I know some would argue that Jonathan uh, Taylor. Taylor is from Indy, but, you know, Chubb's done it longer. So 
That's what this is about for Nick Chubb, especially considering he's been injury prone. I'm sure he wants to have a big season and try and go back and, and get another bag. So that doesn't concern me because they have ample talent and youth at running back behind Chubb. If I knew that I was getting Indianapolis Colts, Jacoby Brissett, because their defense is going to be elite. You know, Miles Garrett and that crew are, are, are top shelf. They understand the task at hand. That offensive line is one of the top three, four groups, you know, in the National Football League. So all the other pieces are there. So my only hesitancy is Jacoby Brissett. And I think the NFL obviously is trying to prove a point with Deshaun Watson. Now what's going to be interesting is what kind of line is the NFL Players Association willing to draw in the sand and defend their member? Because it's hard for me if I was DeMarie Smith to allow the NFL to be too harsh on Deshaun Watson when Daniel Snyder, who's been embroiled in all kind of sexual misconduct allegations and charges for the last, what, three, four years, Mm -hmm. is still sitting there running the Washington Commanders. You know, so you've had other owners have gotten into things and they haven't gotten year suspensions. Uh, Even if you look at the Miami Dolphins and their situations, what was the suspension for uh, Stephen Ross, Ross, their owner? It was, I'm I'm, I'm drawing a blank, was it three games? Oh, for the tampering? Yeah, for Uh, the tampering. It was half the season. Half the season. Six six games. Right, something like that, right? So October 17th, I think. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. You know, I'm probably gonna leave the Browns alone. I won't touch them. I will, I think, play the Browns in Week One if Baker Mayfield starting for Carolina because I just think that defense is too familiar with Baker's nuances. They've heard him. They've heard his snap count for years. So Miles Garrett and that crew. I mean, they're gonna be those dogs will be hunting. That wolf will be running as a pack. Yeah, they're gonna catch their prey that day. But after that, I mean, I probably have to sit and watch. I'm not. Fate in Cleveland, but I'm also not not here advocating them either. Yeah, and that's what I said last week. It's just it's really challenging. And and even when the six game suspension came out, I said on the show, just wait. You know, circa I thought I found it really interesting because we did a graphic when it first came out uh, last week, or early last week, or over the weekend. Sean, you know, DraftKings and others dropped to about uh, you know minus one ten both ways for them to make the playoffs. The Browns, circa pretty much stood steady at at around. Plus two ten. Now they got some buyback, and people were, were were taking a bite. But what I said on the show is, the NFL is going to appeal this thing. They're not happy with six games. They want to prove a point, like you said. So I, I'm with you. I'm staying away from the Browns. I still like the Ravens uh, to to come out of this division. We're going to talk about this division in, in its entirety with summer conditioning coming up top of the hour, and talk about the Bengals tonight. Uh, but yeah, I, the Browns are a big unknown. Another team that you and I both were high on when we did summer conditioning, and a quarterback that you really like. Jameis Winston rolls his ankle today. Hopefully this isn't a lingering situation. He left practice early. Does that make you worried knowing if Jameis is out, it's it's our good old buddy Andy Dalton? Well, I like Andy Dalton better than what they had to turn to last year Ian when Book? Uh, Ian Book was playing. I mean, I'm pretty sure if I'd have suited up, they'd have had about the same percentage chance to win as if sending Ian Book out there. But the only good thing in, the, in this ankle situation with Jameis is when it happened. So we're still far enough out. Even if it's a severe ankle sprain, he has enough time to rehab it and be full speed for week one. Now, what I don't like is coming off of an ACL, having another lower body injury, whether it's significant or rather it's minor. It just, just it seems to be time. one thing after another with Jameis. So 
I was really bullish on the Saints, too, because I think, you know, especially hearing that Alvin Kamara's case isn't going to even come before the NFL until yep. after the season's over, so he more than likely won't be suspended. And Michael Thomas has Michael been Thomas out there. has been back. Um, Chris Olave, everyone's saying that, that he's looking the part, so I, I want Jameis to be healthy. Um, I don't think they've come out with how severe – the ankle injury is, but again, another lower body injury coming off of an ACL. It's not exactly what you want to hear if that's your quarterback. After Friday's show, Sean, because we had talked about it, but I've, I had never played it, right? The comeback player of the year. And after Friday's show, I'm like, enough's enough. I need to get in on Jameis to win comeback player of the year. And he gets hurt. Well, you, it's, it's a better number now than it was then. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk to our good friend Thomas Casale, who... We always pick his brain during college basketball season, but he's got some thoughts about the upcoming NFL season, some of the bets that he's fired in on. We will get to our good friend Thomas Casale on the other side. Sean is back, fresh off of a Hall of Fame induction down in the Big Easy. It's the Nightcap here on VC. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. And our weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. Alongside Tulane legend, Sean King. I am Tim Murray. And another legend, at least on our show, we love Tom Casale. He joins us. Right now, always love picking his brain, especially during college hoop season. But he's a guy who fires on college football, like me and Sean. Looks at the NFL. So let's uh, let's talk some football with our good friend Tom Casale, and uh, let's start up in the Midwest. It's it's been an interesting start to camp for the Packers. There's been a lot of buzz, Tom, around Romeo Dubs, the rookie out of Nevada. His odds have really plummeted uh, in a good way in the offensive rookie of the year market. But this is a defense now that just loaded up with two more first-round picks. Uh, they should be healthy at the cornerback position. So when you look at the Packers, it, it feels like, at least in your mind, yes, the offense is what people are wondering about wide receivers, but you're focusing on that defense. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'm also looking at the number at 12-1, to 1, and I'm looking at the conference they play in, the NFC. See, for me, there's the big three in the NFC on paper, the Rams, the Bucks, and the Packers. And I think, you know, there could be a fourth team in there, maybe San Francisco or Philadelphia. Tell you right now, Dallas isn't winning the Super Bowl. All right, so get that out of your heads. It's not going to happen. Listen, let me show you something. See that? See, when a guy with a blue star tattooed on his arm comes on the show and tells you not to bet the Cowboys, don't do it. All right, so get them out of there. And the, the reason I like the Packers is, they remind me a little bit, you know, Tim, you're, you're kind of young. You might not remember the old Broncos teams with John Elway. I'm not that they, young. Good Lord, man. When, when they shifted to defense in the running game, but they still had an elite quarterback. It was just the elite quarterback didn't have to do everything to win the game. That's what the Packers kind of remind me of. 
And I just see them being in the mix at 12 to 1 late in the season with Aaron Rodgers and a really good defense. You know, I think Jared Alexander at 66 to 1 to win defensive player of the year is worth a look. I just, I kind of like this team in the NFC, uh, especially knowing that they only really have two or three teams they really have to look out for in the playoffs. You know, I'll say this I do agree with you on some levels because I think that. Green Bay could have the top defense, Thomas, mm-hmm. in the National Football League. If Rashawn Gary can take the next step and become a double-digit sack guy. He's never had double-digit sacks, but he's increased his sack total in all of his first three years in the NFL. If he can become a double-digit sack guy and they can really become a group up front that can get after the quarterback, they probably have the most talented secondary you know, in football. I mean, they have some, some real real ballers back there led by Jair Alexander. What are your expectations for this defense? And then I'm going to ask you a question about Aaron Rodgers after I get your response. Yeah, I have them ranked number one going into the season. And the fact that they play in the NFC, you know, listen, all the quarterbacks are in the AFC, other than Brady and Stafford and a a couple other guys. Listen, I love Jalen Hurts. I love Trey Lance. But every time I hear about those two, it's, uh, well, they're having accuracy issues, but well, there's no but. You either have to complete the ball on third and eight, or you don't. You know your teams aren't going to be successful. So with that defense in the NFC, I think they're going to be fantastic this year, and that was the reason why you know I made the bet even more so than Aaron Rodgers and the strong running game. And I'll say this, and I just always like to you know get people's response to this. Can a zebra change their stripes? Thus far, here's what we know about Aaron Rodgers. He's a guy in this offense of Matt LaFleur going to throw the ball over 500 times a season. He's never really in his career been a guy that's been able to take young receivers and make them productive. Like even Jordy Nelson initially in Green Bay, it took him time to become Jordy Nelson. You know, Devontae Adams has been really good, but it took him time to become Devontae. Now that Aaron probably is going to have to depend on two young guys and an older guy in, in Lazard that hadn't really – done a whole lot yet. Do you think Aaron is capable of making a transition that Elway made with Terrell Davis in that run game? Because he seems like such an enigma. I mean, he shows up, you know, looking like Nicolas Cage. The next thing he does an interview, and now he's a Zen, like, ologist or something. He's talking about life and, you know, grass and the sun. Uh, uh, Can Aaron turn around and hand the ball off and play field position and rely on the defense? Is he capable of that? Well, you make great points, and that's the that's the question mark, right? Can he do that? I, I will say this. If last year's loss to the 49ers didn't rattle something with him, nothing will, because he, they lost that game 100% because of Aaron Rodgers. For all the excuses my friends and everybody want to make for Aaron Rodgers over the years that, well, he did this, you know, he didn't have a defense, blah, blah, blah. They didn't lose that game because of special teams. They lost because he wasn't throwing to open receivers and locking in on Devontae Adams, and I thought he played one of his worst games I've ever seen. So I think if if that doesn't show him that he's got to change a little bit if he wants to win a championship, and I'll be honest with you, i probably in the minority here. There's no doubt in my mind he knew something was up with Devontae Adams before he signed. Listen, you, you said it right there. He just talks too much. If, they, if he was told that Devontae Adams was going to be there and then the next day he's not, this guy would be all over the place, yipping and yapping. I, I think he knew this was coming, and so I, I can see the switch a little bit, but you bring up good points. Will he make that decision to do that? That's what this bet is going to be predicated on, whether it's a good bet or a bad bet. 
We're talking to Tom Casale. Follow him on Twitter at the Tom Casale. Well, last week, Tom, not that you should pull anything at all from a Hall of Fame game, but the Raiders were on the field and and they won uh, and covered, thankfully. Um, but you, when looking at this team, and I'm very curious about the Raiders too, because as you mentioned, that division, that conference is loaded with quarterbacks. That division specifically loaded with quarterbacks. Derek Carr arguably is the worst quarterback in the division, and he's a pretty solid quarterback. But but what do you pull from that Raiders team entering this season? Because clearly, when you make moves like trading multiple picks for Devontae Adams and then re- you know signing him to that contract, when you go get Chandler Jones, they are going for it here in Vegas. What are your uh, expectations of the silver and black? Yeah, so when I looked at the AFC, this is what I wanted. I wanted to take a team I thought had some value because any team you argue to me other than two or three, I can't argue against. You like the Broncos, can't argue against them. You like the Chargers, can't argue against them. I just think the Raiders plus 700 in that division is just ludicrous. I think any team plus 700 in that division is ludicrous because all those games are going to come down to the end. You're going to come down to a play or two here. Here's what I like about the Raiders, similar to what I liked about the Bengals last year. I think their defensive front is underrated. Uh, that's that's the spot where I don't think people are looking at them a lot, where I, I, I really like the team there. I think they have underrated overall talent. And I'll say this. I've been around Josh McDaniels in New England, and everyone everyone thinks he's a smart guy. I remember what Champ Bailey said about him. He said, you know, Josh didn't come in the right way. He came in like Bill Belichick, but he's the smartest guy I've ever been around. And Champ said, even though I don't get along with Josh like when we were there, I think the next time he gets a head coaching job, he's going to be successful. I always remembered that, and I agree with Champ Bailey on that. I think he made some mistakes in Denver. He's realized that. He's going to come in and be himself. And I'll tell you what, another bet I like, I don't think his departure from New England is getting talked about quite enough. Eight and a half? No, sir. (laughs) The Patriots, listen, you can talk your Bill Belichick all you want. That team's not winning eight and a half games in the AFC. No way. You know, it's interesting he brought up the Patriots because you're starting to hear rumblings coming out of camp that Mac Jones doesn't look good. No, duh. I mean, they got defensive guys running the offense. It's about more than X's and O's. When, some, when Mac Jones is struggling with something, you think Matt Patricia knows what to tell him to help him fix it? You think Joe Judge can go in there and explain to the offensive line like their first step? And come, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of one of the reasons that I can't figure out the Raiders. The Bill Belichick tree has been terrible from a head coaching standpoint. Why should it be any different this time? Is it because it's Josh McDaniels' second escapade as a head coach. You think he did say all the right things in the press conference that he learned from his mistakes in Denver, but I believe association breeds assimilation. Thomas, he left Denver and went right back inside the smartest organization ever on the planet football. And now he's coming back. Why has he really changed? Well, the two people I thought at the time when I was in New England who could be head coaches were Mike Vrabel and I thought Josh McDaniels. And and the reason why is I think they're, their personalities, and if they're they're themselves, I, I think they'll be fine. And Vrabel's been Vrabel. I mean, if you've ever talked to him in the locker room, he's the same guy as he is as the head coach. He never tried to be Belichick. And I think that is the big mistake, you know, Josh McDaniel made. And again, I, I think going back to New England, you know, Bill, he mentors these guys. I, I think he got a lot with that. But I do think his loss with the Patriots, like you said, who is gonna who's going to be there for Mac Jones? I'm gonna, I'll, I'll say something right now. If it happens, you can play it back at the end of the year. <laughs> I think the Patriots win six, seven games. I think Bill Belichick retires. Wow. I like it. 
I, I mean, I, I just like hot takes. So I, yeah, I'm gonna stick with his Raiders take. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't Belichick, know about the Belichick has too much pride to retire <laughs> before he's sure Brady's done. But guess what, Thomas? We're gonna we're gonna timestamp that, and if it's right, we'll replay that bad Absolutely. boy on loop. Give you all the credit in the world. We always appreciate Great it, man. Stuff, we'll man. talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. There he is. Follow him on Twitter at the Tom Casali, one of our favorites here on the program. That's Sean. I'm Tim. More to come. A little AFC East conversation next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. Football guide is out now, and the NFL guide is coming in just a couple weeks. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of every team, including team trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Remember, the only way to get access to this year's football betting guides is to become a member, a VEASAN all-access subscriber. Sign up early and for a discount of 175 bucks. You'll receive the college and pro football betting guides along with VEASAN access all the way through the Super Bowl. Or join us for 40 bucks a month and see everything VEASAN has to up your betting game. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. Alongside Sean King, I am Tim Murray. Thanks again, as always, to Tom Casale. Summer conditioning continues as we will... Take a look at the AFC North this week, and we'll start with the reigning AFC champs, the Cincinnati Bengals, coming up top of the hour. We'll get into that. We'll actually talk to uh, the color analyst for the Cincinnati Bengals. But we just had a cha- uh, conversation with Tom Casale, and it leads us into the AFC East. Uh, a couple things to note. Obviously, the favorite, heavy favorite, is the Buffalo Bills. We'll get to them in just a moment. News coming out of Jets camp today. Makai Becton's season, according to Connor Hughes, who covers the team for the Athletic, is likely done. Then we get into the Patriots situation, which has looked awful. Um, we, had, uh, we had Kyrie Thompson covering the team for WEEI on the program last week, Sean. He went on a radio interview today and said on WEEI and said that Mac Jones today looked like he was seeing ghosts. We have seen different tweets come out. Mike uh, Garrardi, Mac Jones has had some moments of uncertainty a year ago 
had a couple moments of uncertainty a year ago in training camp, but not nearly as many as you would expect from a rook. This summer, far more. Yes, it's early August. That's time. However, the install started back in the spring, and you'd like more comfort and success. Uh, he also continued, to clarify, this isn't all on Mac. Blocking has been poor, and, it, and last night, this was uh, on Friday, there were a number of times Mac had to hold because receivers weren't open. Not a wonderful combination. So, outside of the Bills, got a lot of questions. Now, there's a lot of praise coming out, Sean, about Tua. So, where do you want to start in this division? Because there's a whole lot going on in the AFC East well, right now. Well, I think now. you start with the obvious. Buffalo's by far, in my opinion, the the best, most logical choice to win the AFC East. Fair. Oh, yeah. I think sure. the second most logical thing is the Dolphins will be as good as Tua is. I'm a person that thinks Tua is a pretty darn good quarterback. When he's at Alabama and he's surrounded by elite talent on offense, Great. he led him to a national championship. What have the Dolphins done? They're trying to surround him with elite talent. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, you know, they brought in Raheem Mostart. Uh, so they're trying to put the pieces around him, and he's proven – at Alabama, that he can excel in that kind of situation. Now, he's got to do it. It's the National Football League. It's not the SEC. They also spent a ton of money on Armstead to bring in on yeah, left tackle. They did. They brought in Cedric Wilson, a depth guy at wide receiver. So they've done the things that you have to do for a young quarterback, in my opinion, to give him the best chance right. to be successful. Now he just has to do it. Mm -hmm. I agree with Thomas Cassell. I think this will be a down year for New England, and I'll explain why in a second. But I do want to say – very unfortunate injury from Akai Becton. I don't see. If, I don't know if you saw the clip from practice a couple days ago when the coach was holding the dummy and they were doing their punch drill. And Makai is what you call country strong. Like he's one of them dudes. He puts your hands on you. He's a people mover. And they drafted him with the 11th pick in 2020. He's missed 18 games already in that short period of time. So for him to be out again, extremely unfortunate because I do think Robert Salah and the Jets organization were moving in the right direction. Now, let me get back to the Patriots. Sometimes you can be too smart. And you're never going to be able to argue with Bill Belichick and the success he's had. But I do think the further he moved Tom Brady and Bill Belichick get, Tom Brady's shine is getting brighter. Bill Belichick's shine is getting dimmer. To go into a season – and think that you can take guys that have been on defense, their majority, and when I say majority, I'm talking 98% of their career. I think Matt Patricia might have coached tight ends and O-line way back when we still had black and white television. <laughs> but to think you can take Matt Patricia and Joe Judge and make them your offensive coordinators is ludicrous to me because developing an offense is almost like painting a picture. Like, you, the coordinator has a vision of what he wants the picture to look like, but he hasn't been able to put all the colors in the right spot. He has to understand the paintbrush and the strokes and how to, to make it look right so that he gets what he wants in the end. If you hear the receivers are a little off, it's because Matt Patricia's never coached receiver. So even though he can design the play, does he know exactly how to tell the receivers must outside release on this route? Have to get to this depth. Drop your hips, come out. You can have an adjustment or you can't. Same thing with the offensive line. It's not just about developing run plays. It's about them understanding why. What are we trying to set up? What are our adjustments? So if all the position groups are confused, who's going to be the most confused? The quarterback. Because you have guys that have not 
installed an offensive system before running your offensive party program. And so there's going to be confusion because it's not just getting on a board. Oh, I know as a defensive coordinator, this used to give us problems. So let's design a play that attacks this part when we play this defense. It's not that part of it. It's the part where you go in there and you can sit Mac down and say, okay, Mac, this is our route tree. This is our progression. This is why we want to progress and read it because this is what we're trying to develop and build upon it. And this is why the footwork matches up with this route scheme. And this is why this footwork matches up with this route scheme. And, they are missing that, and it's going to showcase itself during the season. I said all that to say I'm betting against the Patriots. <laughs> I'm fading the Patriots. I'm taking the under. I think it's sitting at eight and a half. Eight and a half. I'm taking the under. I don't think they're going to be very good. They have not. I, they've, they've been the opposite of the Dolphins. The Dolphins have gone out of their way to surround Tua with all the weapons that you need to be successful. The Patriots have done it the complete opposite way. And what's crazy is. They still have quite a bit of salary cap space tied up in pass catchers because of what they're playing the two tight ends. Johnu Smith, Hunter Henry. Yeah. You look at the wide receivers, you got Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers. Remember, they were the team. Poor Mac Jones. And, and you think about it, too, and, and it's hard, and I understand, it's hard to criticize the greatest NFL coach. No, it's not. But right now, yeah. he can be criticized because he hasn't drafted well in a long time. And remember the clip after the draft when Sean McVay was heard making a joke about they had evaluated Cole Strange potentially getting him in the fourth round when they had their first selection, and they picked Cole Strange in the first round. Now, look, he might be an all-pro center, and congratulations to the Patriots. But, yeah, a lot of questions. And to your um, uh, inquiry on when was the last time Matt Patricia coached offense, 2005, yep. he was the assistant offensive line coach 17 years for the New, ago. New England Patriots. So, uh, yeah, we it's, will see. I don't know what Bill's doing. And you can criticize Bill. Don't ever feel like you can't because the truth doesn't have emotions. And right now, he's doing a lot of things that make you scratch your head, you know, including drafting. What would you call uh, – where, where did he come from? Somewhere in Tennessee. UT Chattanooga. Yeah, you, what was – I don't want – The Mocs. Yeah, what? It's not, I know it's a non-power five, but what yeah, it's, we, a, it's in the FCS. Uh, FCS school, mm-hmm. you know, where well, they produce great players, but I, I'm not taking you I know, mean, they, a center they, that high. They did produce Terrell Owens back in the day, but he wasn't a first-round pick. Uh, I don't know what Bill's doing. Things will be a long season if you're a Patriots fan. Yeah, so, yeah, the, the Matt Patricia and the Joe Judge conundrum there at, uh, on the offense, it's like, why are you doing this? I mean, and you were here heaping praise, rightfully so, for Mac Jones. You were all aboard the Jones I'm a train. big Mac Jones fan. I feel bad for him. But, Bill, you know, when you get young quarterbacks, and it seems like, and I, I applaud the Patriots. They didn't, you know, they, they waited. Mac Jones fell to him. Boom, they got him at the 15th overall selection. It was a great selection for him at 15. You know what I mean? We'll see what happens to Trey Lance. You know, the, the jury will be out of whether the 49ers made the right decision at number three. But this is this is just an unfortunate, it seems like an unfortunate situation there. I want to get back to the uh, to the Dolphins. So you got Mike McDaniel coming in. My only question mark with them. That's what I was going to ask. How worried are you about Mike McDaniel running this uh, this team down in Miami? Because they went nine it's and eight a, it's last year. It's unknown more so than a worry. I'd be more worried about Josh McDaniels because I've seen him blow up before. True. Mike McDaniels just inexperienced. I mean, so how fast he picks it up, we won't know. I mean, think Flores came in there and did an outstanding job on the defensive side of the ball, couldn't get offense fixed. Yep. What if Mike McDaniels the opposite? He helps Tua become a better player, but they fall off because they don't have Flores' expertise on defense. So 
there's some question marks there. I don't like the fact that they're letting so much of their offensive scheme get out into the public. I've seen a lot of stuff from Miami and what they're doing to get Tyreek in mismatches that the people can use against them. Like keep trying to uh, save face after the, they tweeted out the underthrow of Tua. Well, Joe Burrow had himself a hell of a second. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.